Soon afterwards, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had, who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. One day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some fell on the footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for the lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on the fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable went, meant. He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message, only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they, are, when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it and patiently produce a huge harvest. Well, what a great parable to have this morning. And it's the only parable that appears in the Bible that Jesus actually gave some interpretation to as to what it meant. But before we look at the meaning of it and how it applies to us, let's just pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person in this place today and for every person who is watching online we just pray that as I unpack this parable and apply it to our lives that you will speak to each one of us and help us to really take on board what you want us to do for ourselves in our walk with you and show us how we can grow our faith in you 
And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, when I um, talk about farming, as this parable does, or other times I've been in places and talked about gardening, I always think it's a bit ironic for someone that was born in a council flat on the <laughs> second floor in the east end of London where we didn't have a garden. I think I grew a plant in a flower pot a few times. And when I went to stay with relatives that had gardens, I was more interested in collecting caterpillars and snails and getting messy than I was in learning about gardening. But now that I'm older and lived a bit of life, I do understand a bit about um, farming and growing plants. And I know from my own house now that, you know, the plants grow better in some bits of soil than in others. And as that parable tells us, there were four types of soil or four places where soil was that affected the growth of the seed. So there was the path, and the path would have been along the edge of the field or even going through a field in a place where people walked, and as they walked, they would have crushed the seed into the tiny bit of soil there would be there, and the birds would have come along and eaten it. Then there was the rocky soil. This would be bedrock that was covered with a thin layer of soil. And as we know, if there's not enough soil, especially in a hot country, the plants are just not going to grow and will, they'll shrivel up in the sun. Then there was the thorny ground. Now, I know about that because when I moved into my flat, my um, garden was full of brambles. So I'm an expert on brambles. And in those Bible times, the farmers simply cut or burned off the tops of the weeds, and they didn't do anything with what was underneath in the soil. And so those weeds would soon grow back quickly, and the seed would be mixed up in it and not do so well. But then there was the good soil. This soil was carefully cleared, prepared, tilled, and made ready so that the seed could take root and give a bumper crop. Now, Jesus has given us an understanding of this, and it's to do with individuals as they hear the word of God. But I want to talk more about us and the fact that in our lives, we can have a whole mixture of soils. We don't just appear as necessarily as one type of soil for the whole of our lives. We change, situations change, and our soil changes. So let's look at how that relates to us. Well, first of all, there's the hard heart. We all go through phases, I think, of having a hard heart. Some may be more than others. But this um, type of heart is the person who might hear what is said in a service. I know as I grew up, there were times when um, 
especially when I was younger, I would be taken along to a service where I really didn't understand what was going on. Or I'd have relatives that would come to a service. They had no faith. And they were there rather embarrassed, thinking, how long have we got to sit here for until we can go? Their hearts weren't in the place to receive. And I've also heard people say, oh, I'll worry about that when I'm older. And they're not interested in spiritual things. And then there's having a shallow heart. So this will be a phase where um, people have superficial, impulsive hearts, respond emotionally with impulse, and very soon give up on it all. I know when I was a student, I would go and work on a beach mission every summer in Essex, and every... um, year we would have an opportunity for the children that came to come and give their lives to Jesus. In fact when I was a child I used to be one of the children going to that beach mission and I know that I gave my life to Jesus several years running and some of the time I'd be very you know yes I've done this I'm a Christian now but during the rest of the year it didn't really have a great impact on my life. And the following year, I'd go back, feel, you know, yeah, I really want to live this life. And it would repeat a few times until the day came when I was 11, where, yeah, I took it really seriously, and life changed after that. I'm sure you've seen that kind of thing happen, where people go forward or say, yes, I've become a Christian, but it really doesn't they don't give what they need to to follow Jesus there. And the um, things that they're hearing are just snatched away by the enemy. The word that they're hearing falls on deaf ears. And there's no real response long term to God's word. And yet we know that we need a life-changing personal relationship with God. In fact, some of these people may attend church all the time. They may hang out around Christians. But there's not much going on inside as far as faith is concerned. So... Life also, for some of these people, just may be too tough and they give up. Then there's the busy, crowded heart, the third type of soil. Now, these, um, to have this kind of soil, people receive Jesus into their heart and they also can be very anxious. They've got responsibilities, they've got family issues, they're worried about the economy. And the balance in their lives is always tipping in the wrong direction. And they slowly stop holding on to God's message of salvation. And God's word cannot live and grow in that kind of an environment. It's like 
taking one meal and thinking, that's going to satisfy me for the rest of life. It just doesn't work like that. And so other priorities in life, just take attention and any good nutrients in the soil of our lives can be taken away and the roots don't go down deep. Now, the soil in those situations, in those lives, is still good, has some good benefits because the weeds will grow there, but the focus is not correct. People will come to church because it's what you're supposed to do rather than because they want to come and feed and worship Jesus. It's all about information and not transformation. So maybe there's been times in your life where the worries of life have just totally preoccupied you and a lack of contentment has strangled the peace that you have known. You're busy striving with your family, with work, and you've lost sight of Jesus. Your heart has become a bit fawny. And then finally, there's the productive, strong heart, the strong soil. Now, Luke, who, um, whose gospel we read that parable from, explains the nature of the good soil for his Greek audience. He said, the noble and good heart is a Greek expression of someone with an honorable character. These are people who hear, receive, and respond to the seed planted within them. They're open to the truth about themselves. If they see sin in their lives, they're willing to admit it and change. They hold fast to the word of God. They will read scripture and it will stay with them long enough for it to soak into their lives and right down into their spirit and their lives are changing because of it. So the final place that the seed needs to be is in this fertile soil where it can take root, can blossom and return a harvest. Now, this soil then is representing a good, faithful Christian who hears God's word and obeys, letting it bear fruit in their lives. Now, some seeds might produce um, a hundredfold, some 60, some 30. Not every Christian is going to produce the same amount of fruit. As someone said, we can't all be Mother Teresa, but we can do what God is asking us to do for ourselves, producing the fruit that God wants us to produce for God's kingdom. And our fruit doesn't always have to be perfect and pristine, the right shape like apples that are sold in shops. It doesn't matter if it's a bit um, wonky and a funny shape to it. God's fruit is going to bring wholeness and goodness to people. So, what does this have to say to us? Well, the harvest 
depends on the heart. It's very simple, and we could easily miss that. It doesn't depend on what we do for a living, or on our abilities, or our talents. What matters is the condition of our hearts. Now, the traditional lesson to take away from this parable is that we should all strive to be fertile soil because we all want to produce fruit. So if we can try hard enough, we'll be the kind of soil that receives the word of God and turns it into an abundant crop, which means we're going to live lives that reflect our faith and the love God has for us. The fruit we are called to bear is to be as Christ-like as possible, living as he has called us to live. We're called to be the good soil. Are you good soil? Well, I know I am sometimes. I have the odd day where things are going really well. But then there's other times where I know the brambles and the weeds start to creep in again and I have to do something about it. So I know for myself that I can have all of those different kind of of soils affecting my faith. It can be, my faith can be sometimes affected by getting a piece of news that is really sad. It knocks me off a little bit, but I climb back on to my faith. I cling to my faith. Now, fertile soil today may be like being in the center of a four-lane dual carriageway tomorrow. It can be busy, but we can learn to hold on to our faith. Now, At some point in most, if not all, of your lives, that seed has been sown and it's taken root and you're beginning to bear fruit. As I've said, we don't always produce a bumper crop of fruit, but our goal, our purpose is to bear that fruit to be productive Christians in how we are and how we treat other people. And as we bear fruit, we're then called to do the work of the sower, spreading the seed of God's love and word and acceptance to other people. As the word of God takes root in us and bears fruit, we are then called to share what we learn. We're not going to be very good sowers if we don't tell people about our faith. Now, Jesus himself invested in some pretty rocky ground. He didn't stay in the nice meadows and the well-tilled soil. He mixed with tax collectors who were definitely not the favoured people at the time, with prostitutes, lepers, demon-possessed people. And the people who seemed to have fertile ground, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, were the ones who weren't receptive to the message that Jesus was bringing. I bet at least some of you in here now have got relatives who have said to you at one point, you're going to church, what, you? Because it's a bit of a shock to them. It's not what they expect from you. 
Jesus said that the seed that finds fertile soil will produce up to 100-fold. You just never know, do you? That person who you don't want to help or you're afraid to talk with or that believes differently than you on some issues may be fertile soil for receiving the love and grace of God you have to share. We just never know. Each of us should be producing some kind of fruit for God's kingdom. Ultimately, this parable is a call to being receptive to God's spirit and his word. So how receptive are we to receiving God's word? It's easy to be receptive when we agree with it or when it provides us with comfort. But when God calls me to love someone I don't really want to love or rethink the way I believe about something, it's easy for my heart to get hard. But how much benefit there is when I do obey God and learn to love the people I might not particularly like. This parable then challenges us to stay receptive to God's word and then to be generous and even reckless in how we share what we hear. But in order to share it, we have to hear it. At the end of the parable, Jesus says to the crowd, let anyone with ears listen. Now that's not because he knew that everyone, or I hope everyone had an ear on either side of their head. It's because Jesus knew that if people were paying attention and letting his words sink in and take root, then fruit would come. So, what is your heart condition? I've asked that question already, but I ask it again. Jesus is coming back one day, but not in the same way as his first visit. This time, he will put his mighty sickle to the fields and reap the harvest. The time for cultivating soil will be over. Prepare your heart now so that when he comes, your life will deliver a fruitful harvest for eternity. So how can we become that good soil? How can we become the perfect soil? I have learned that the key to this is to know my identity in Christ. And by that, I don't mean to be able to recite the characteristics of being loved, a child of God, to be precious in God's sight, that my life has a purpose, to name but a few. But I've learned to really know and believe that God says this is true for me. The song that we sang last, I Am, is just fitted so perfectly with this um, part of my preaching today. Because in that song, I don't know all the words off by heart, but there's a line that says something like, I think I am weak, but you say you are strong. I know that's a couple of the lines. It's very easy, it was very easy for me to be the person that would err more on the side of thinking I'm weak or I'm um, scared or that I don't want to be in that situation. 
And yet, the positive that God gives us is the truth. And I've now come to the point where I can say, I am strong in God. I am secure in God. And I've come now to see that I can now live out my life as a child of God because I really do believe it, as the first part of that song said. I was really pleased when that song was sung today. So over the last couple of years, I've stepped into a deeper relationship with God. And I know deep down inside that I am loved and that God wants the best for me. This has been a massive transformation in my life and I'm so grateful to God for enabling me to use lockdown time to invest and cultivate my faith. And I've worked through all sorts of things with a mentor. So to walk in strong faith, we must believe that God's word is true and that God's nature is good. It's not just true for everybody else, but it's true for you. Now, what I would like to ask you to do now is to close your eyes and if you know that you would like to grow more in your faith and that there's things the way you tend to err on the side of the more negative characteristic rather than the what God says about you, would you please stand? Keep your eyes shut so there's no, you don't have to worry, all these people are going to see me. If you want to respond to God today, please stand and then I'm going to pray in a moment before Sophie comes back up. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you speak truth into our lives and that you want to see us walking in your freedom that you give us to follow you and to just live every part of our lives for you. Pray for those people that have stood up now and just want to respond to you today that you would take them on that journey, that they would be able to just transfer their vision from the negative part of life to this positive that comes from you. Because your words that you spoke thousands of years ago are still true today and they're never going to change. We pray that you would seal in people's hearts today what you've been saying to them and that um, would cause a real harvest in their lives. Pray that you would give courage and persistence to keep working through things when maybe it doesn't, life doesn't seem to be going the way that we think it should be. Just ask that you would come and take us by the hand and lead us step by step as we seek to cultivate our faith and just become stronger people in you over the days and months and years ahead. And we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.